Are you ready? Well, guess what? I am. This is episode 28 of the Rich Relationships Podcast. And this month, we're talking about our relationship with food using the small group book, Freedom from Food. And so today, our episode is called Fasting for Freedom. Freedom? Fasting? Oh, no. Here we go. You know, this is a little bit odd, especially with a week out from Thanksgiving, that we are going to be talking about fasting, which is the total opposite of what people will probably be thinking about at this particular time of the year, especially going into Thanksgiving. So fasting. Okay, this is going to be challenging. (laughs) Well, it's not Thanksgiving Day yet. No, it's not yet. Not yet. But leading up to it, it's not something that you would naturally be thinking about, though. Well, the reason why fasting is such an important part of our walk with God is because the Bible tells us in Matthew 17 that this kind can only come out through prayer and fasting. And so when we're talking about freedom from food, which is talking about food addiction and cereal dieting, last week you were talking about how changing was hard and it was difficult. Mm -hmm. And so to me, I thought that it was very appropriate that the next next couple of chapters in the book, the last chapter in the book is designed to teach you about how. And how we change is through fasting. I kind of mentioned it in the other episode, in episode 27. We're talking about um, our relationship with food as well. But this week we're talking about fasting because there are certain things in our life that the only way we're going to uh, lose, have it lose control over our life is by spending some time in prayer and in fasting. And there are different types of fasts, and we're going to talk about that as well. But just talking about why fasting is so important is what we're going to be doing during this episode. You know, most people would naturally not think of fasting as a relationship topic on a particular show like we do about relationships with people, but it was really important that you wanted to address this. Well, because our first relationship, and we say it all the time, that in order for any relationship to work, it has to have a solid foundation. And our relationship with God is the most solid foundation we can build anything on. And while God is not visible, he's a spirit and he lives and moves and breathes on the inside of us. The way we tap into that intimacy with God is through reading and fasting and praying and worship. And so most of us, you know, most of us, we talk about worship all the time and we kind of understand that and we we all read the Bible and do some type of a devotional. But fasting is one of the spiritual disciplines that we have kind of put off for January. And what I believe and what I've learned is that when we begin to practice a lifestyle of fasting, it really teaches us and it empowers us to walk in discipline and it helps us to learn to to delay gratification and not give in to our appetites. You know, sometimes people won't even think about fasting in a, in a normal practice, mm-hmm. you know, unless there's something specific going on, like you mentioned something at the medical. first of the year or something medical. That's what you normally think about it. But in the context, context that you're talking about it is from a, or that we're talking about it is from a spiritual discipline to practice in your life that will help you 
with your relationships, not only with food, but with people as well. Yeah. And it also helps you with your, it helps you with your conversation because a lot of times there's so much noise. There's noise on the radio and on television in our head and in books and, and even with our appetites that the only way you can really begin to make some permanent changes is, and especially when people are talking about transitioning from the sad American diet, standard American diet, which is the sad diet, into a plant-based lifestyle, there's a big pull between what's in your body right now and what you want to put in. Because you're just, we were just talking about this. We were preparing our, our dinner for tonight, and you're talking about one of your friends saying he's been trying to change to a plant-based yeah, lifestyle. Yeah, not eat meat at all. Right, but it's hard. And the reason why it's hard is because your body is filled with bacteria. And then there's good bacteria and there's bad bacteria. And the bacteria that digest animal products is different from the the bacteria that would digest fruits, vegetables, nuts, beans, and seeds. And so what fasting does is it gives your body that time to kind of rest and flush out all the things that you don't want to feed. And it allows you to begin to build a better, healthier, um, plant-based digestive ecosystem in your body. So fasting is, is, extremely important to making any type of change financially emotionally spiritually relationally you have you're we're going to have to learn to see the value in it by practicing it right so talk about some of the elements that we're like you mentioned about why we should fast why would you say is some of the topics or reasons you mentioned it about financial matters and it could be for health matters it could be for a spiritual matter but why would you want to, or what could you say about why you know, would it be? I can give a, an experience. I can give some examples of experiences I've had with fasting. Um, like for us, we grew up in Detroit and we went to Dunamis Outreach Ministries and our pastor, Pastor Lane was from a church of God and Christ background. And he always talked about the importance of us knowing how to get in touch with God on our own. And so spiritually, I saw that, a lot of the things that I was controlled by and I had been practicing, it took for me to fast in order for me to gain a different focus in my attention and my priority. And that's what fasting did for me spiritually. I think about with me, even from the perspective of my relationship with God, me getting saved, I had a lot of unforgiveness and resentment and anger. And Donna, who led me to Christ, she fasted on my behalf. She stood in the gap for me. She she was praying for me and she was, you know, speaking to God on my behalf, not to make me do something, but more so to just cover me until so that I could hear so that I could my heart would be softened. And so and I even think about physically in order for me to get off of the foods that were a problem for my health, I had to basically abstain from them. I couldn't have them in moderation. I had to totally break that relationship. So there's different facets of us needing to break free from something. And the only way we're going to break free from it is not through moderation, it's through abstinence. Right. And and that's those are some great reasons. And some of the other reasons I think about it as it pertains to myself is when I started fasting in the beginning, it was more, it was challenging because you're basically removing and, and my first fast, and you mentioned it already about, there's a lot of different fasting oh, you yes. can do. And sometimes most people only think it's about eating, right. that you just stop eating. 
And while that may be true, and that's probably the most popular type of fasting, um, especially in our day and times that we're in right now, social media is probably a big one. Yes. And I think of fasting in a simpler, and maybe it's a simple term for me, is anything that takes up a lot of your time and takes up a lot of your attention and that that you could be devoting towards your relationship, towards your spiritual relationship with God, those are the things that you should abstain from. And that's what the basic foundation of fasting is, is abstaining from something. Right. And go ahead. And it's not really about um, beating yourself up or torture or um, willpower. It's really about submission. Mm -hmm. It's really about you saying, you know what? I realize that there's a God who created me. And if he thought fasting was so important that he made it a part of my everyday life, because he did. He didn't ask you if you wanted to fast. He made it a part of our life because when we sleep every night and wake up, we have breakfast. And so if he thought it was that important, why don't I, just like I take my car in for a tune-up, why don't I bring my mind, my body, and my spirit in for a tune-up so that I can get refreshed and, and get healed and clear my mind? Because when you're fasting, your mental clarity is just, it's, it's impeccable. Mm -hmm. And your health and just you sleep better. I mean, everything is better. And so I think that when we begin to see fasting as more of a gift to us versus a discipline or a punishment, it will begin to benefit. It would serve us better than us seeing it as only something someone else has to tell you to do. It right. should be something that you should make the decision to do because you see the value in it. And one of the other things that was important that I learned early about fasting is it's not important for other people to know that I'm fasting. Right. Because when you do that, as the Bible talks about, you kind of have already gotten your reward. It's not about people giving you some, I would say maybe spiritual accolades and pats on the back saying, wow, you're such a spiritual person, you know, that you're fasting and, and those types of things. It's, it's really about your own relationship and it getting is. better about it and God revealing things to you about you, about you. And, you know, one of the things I think about it, you know, when you make fasting a part of your lifestyle, the people that are closest to you, like when you go on a complete fast, it's important as a wife and as a husband that you guys discuss that together because an, a total fast is abstaining from everything. Sex, food, water, I mean, not water, sex, television, all everything. And so that's something you'd have to consult with your spouse and talk to them about. But if you're in a workplace environment, and someone keeps, you know, offering you something and it's like, no, no, thank you. You know, you'll find that when you are fasting, especially if you're out and you're working, that's when everyone's going to offer you. Everybody wants to bring you to lunch. Everybody wants to give you a snack. Everybody, that's when people bring the donut. Yeah, everybody wants work. to bring a donut. And, and there's nothing wrong with saying, I, I, I'm not eating right now. Right. You know, because... And it, it's an opportunity to witness. It's a difference between that happening. You just walk around, hey, I'm fasting. You know, the people that you communicate with often, you should let them know, hey, I'm going to be spending some time with the Lord. So I'm not going to be available. I'm going to be out of pocket because what you don't want to do is to create unnecessary conflict by not communicating. And so I think that, you know, a part of it is just what are some of the practical ways that you can make fasting a part of your lifestyle where it's not this weird, spooky, you got to go up on the top of a mountain and sit in a closet in the dark. It, it should be a part of your everyday life. And it's making, you know, 
fasting and communion and reading and making all those things a priority because it does. It helps you to grow. It helps you to develop. And it also helps you to die to those things that can begin to crowd out the things that are really important to you. Mm-hmm. Your relationships, your growth, you know, even the goals you have. I think about when we're fasting, it's such a good way to get to hear, well, what does God want from me next? Right. You know, what's the next step? And if you're ever struggling with which direction to go or a decision that you a decision you're make, trying to make, that, fast. that is a good time or a good time to practice fasting. It mm-hmm. may not be for a spiritual awakening, so to speak. Sometimes it's good to do for real tangible decisions that you right. have to make. And when you do that, you'll be amazed at how clearly your options come to you and things that you may be considering or things that you may not have even considered come to your mind. And I think that's a direct contribution is because you were fasting and thinking about something other than that thing. Right. But the way the book is designed is that the first six weeks of the book is designed for you to go through the book and for you to begin to grow and examine yourself. And then the second six weeks of the book is for you to become a facilitator. If it could be six weeks for you or 12 weeks or however many every weeks it takes for you to feel comfortable enough. But the reason why it's designed that way is because after so long of you, once you've learned and you're practicing something, then it's time for you to share it with somebody else. Mm-hmm. And so the reason why fasting is at the end of the first um, part of the book is because it's something that when you get into the practice of spending time with God and fasting, it becomes like sometimes when I feel like I need a vacation, I, I, I was like, I need to fast. Because sometimes we just have so much going on. And so the way that the Freedom From Food six-week curriculum is designed, it's really designed to help us really take that long journey inward and examine our heart and our why. And as we do that, fasting has a way way of kind of sealing the deal and making it clear that, oh, that wasn't just my imagination. That really was God speaking to me. Because he'll speak to us in his still, small, quiet voice. But so many times there's so much noise and there's so many other distractions that we can kind of miss it. And that's why there's place in here to write things down. And that's where there's a time of fasting and there's a time prayer throughout the whole time. But just really examining your heart and then taking inventory of your heart and then being willing to do something different than what you were doing before. So when it comes to fasting, is it, would you say from the curriculum that you've done and even just working with people on it, what is probably some of the big things that people have objections to fasting about that you come across? Fast, the fast, the fact that they shouldn't fast. The people have all these medical reasons why they can't fast. But the thing is, is that you fast every day anyway. And so one of the biggest things, well, I just can't fast. It's like, well, you do fast. You fast every day. And then it's like, oh. What do you mean they fast every day? When you go to bed at night. Because at 9 o'clock, your liver turns off. So everyone should stop eating by 9 o'clock. I don't care what time you go to bed. But by 9 o'clock, your liver shuts off. And that's the part of your body that digests your food. And so if you stop eating at 9 and then you go to bed, let's say, if you go to bed at 1 or 2, 
But when you wake up that whole time that you're sleeping, your body is fasting. You're not eating when you're sleeping. And that's why it's important to stop eating earlier so that your body's not digesting. Sometimes people can't sleep at night because they eat right before they go to bed. And so your body is still working to digest. So you want to give your body at least a couple of hours, you know, depending on what you eat, two to three hours before you go to bed to sleep so you can rest. So we all fast every night from six to eight, let's say from four to eight hours for children is probably 10. But it just depends on we all need that time of letting our bodies rest and restore and, and heal. And that's what happens when you're sleeping. Right. So one of the things that we're actually talking about on this episode, we're talking about fasting. If you're just kind of jumping in with us um, on the Rich Relationship Podcast with Gil and Renee, we're talking about some of the reasons why we should fast and the benefits that come out of it. But before we continue on with the conversation, got wisdom, got questions. It's that time. It's that time. So during this time, we actually have... Two things that we're going to do a little bit different right now, and I'll give you the God wisdom that actually comes from the book, and the, and I'll have you elaborate on what it means. Okay. And what it means is the God wisdom is feed what you want to grow and starve what you want to die. That's what you put in the book. Yes. Why don't you explain to our listeners what that, what do you mean by that? Well, I mean that... If there's something that you want more of, invest your time there. If there's something you want less of, spend less time there. So just like with a plant, if you want your the plants that you want to grow, you water them. Mm -hmm. The plants that you don't water, what's going to happen? They're going to die. And so we have to feed it with our time, our energy, our resources, our attention. That's how we feed something that we want to grow. We make investments in it. Mm-hmm. We actually are depositing. The things that you don't invest in, the things that you don't make deposits in, are going to deplete, dry up, and they're going to die. Right. So that's a good interpretation and a good explanation of that That got wisdom. So what do you have? You said you want to read some a couple things from the book yeah. specifically as about far as the, the God question, questions. The question. Go ahead. So basically... The question, is, and it's one of the questions in the book, and it's one of the questions we get a lot. What are three things that you can do to change the quality of your life? If you could only make three changes, mm-hmm. what would those three changes be? The yeah. first change would be to eliminate processed animal products and grains. And so we're talking about tangible ways, right. actual day-to-day things that you right. can do right now. As it pertains to a better health and a better quality of life. And read that one again. Um, The first one would be to eliminate processed animal products and grains. And why is that important? Because grains are for when you train. Rice, pasta, all those things are for when you're training. And unless you're extremely active, you don't need a high amount of those. And if you are going to eat them, you should eat them unprocessed. Like oatmeal or brown rice or quinoa or... um, Black rice, you want to eat things in their least processed form. And again, grains are for when you train. Um, And animal products, from our viewpoint, from what I believe and what I teach, is that 
Those were designed to be luxuries that were eaten at special occasions. They were not supposed to be a part of the human diet's staple. It wasn't designed to be a staple. When you say staple, are you talking a about part every, of every single day? day every every, day, every day, every meal. It right. should not be that eaten that way because our systems were not designed to digest that. Mm-hmm. So it just creates a lot of unnecessary sickness and digestion issue and mucus and cold and acne and arthritis. Especially when we're going and, into this season of cold and flu and people get sick. So how does that pertain to ultra-processed stuff when you mean by that? I'll I'll give you some examples. Cheetos, Doritos, uh, Skittles. Those are ultra-processed foods that have been highly processed to the point that it wouldn't grow if you put it in the ground. Right. So whatever does not digest, whatever does not... um, if it doesn't spoil, it doesn't digest. Mm-hmm. So ultra-processed foods, hot dogs, things like that is, are the okay. ultra-processed foods. Okay, what's number two? And then number two would be to, these are things, habits to eliminate from your lifestyle, to make your lifestyle better. The other one is to limit, to eliminate negative self-talk and conversations. Mm-hmm. Because the Bible says, let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth. So not just saying bad things about other people, but about being careful about what you say about yourself and even the thoughts that come to your head about yourself, you know, because the Bible talks about taking every thought into captivity and bringing it into the submission and the obedience of Christ. So we have to do that in our thought life and our conversation about ourselves and about others. Okay. And then the third one is to eliminate artificial sweeteners and hydronated oils. And elaborate on that one for people who may um, not be aware or as knowledgeable when it comes to some of those food terms well artificial sweeteners are are sweeteners other than stevia and honey and which are natural those are natural mm-hmm. sweeteners like um, plants right they okay. come from plants and again if you think about it if more than most of the things that we eat that don't benefit us and i tell my i tell my guests when when it comes to eating sweeteners if it does not have vitamins minerals and antioxidants in it, you don't want to eat it. So our sweetness should come from fruits. It should come from honey, things that have benefits to our body, not just to satisfy our appetite, but just to benefit us. Mm-hmm. And then the hydrogenated oils are oils that are like in potato chips and um, fried foods and highly processed meats, mm-hmm. processed foods. Those are the kind of things we want to kind of eliminate because those things really do make a big difference in how you feel and your mood. And so when you incorporate more of the rainbow colored foods, fruits, vegetables, nuts, beans, seeds, eating purple and red and orange and green, it really makes you feel better. And so that's why those were not just physical things. but There's also some emotional things you have to do as well to make those make your lifestyle better. Cool. So those are a couple things that it's a little bit different than our normal got questions, but those so we actually not answering question, we're giving information. Yeah. So but if you ever want to send in got wisdom and got or got wisdom got question, you can reach us at at the website at richrelationshipsus.com or through our Gmail account at richrelationships.us at gmail.com. Got wisdom, got questions. Gil and Renee Beaver's over 30-year relationship is the genesis for the Rich Relationship Podcast, which is designed to empower individuals with the tools, principles, and the community needed to unpack ourselves, our past, and our preconceived notions associated with relationships. Let's get empty and grow together so that our lives will be filled with love and healthy, rich relationships. Now let's go into our show. 
So we're talking about a very challenging topic. <laughs> Why is it challenging? Well, it's, it's challenging when we're talking about fasting for those who are already listening. And, and the fasting, it should be something that kind of challenges you and make you think about fasting from a food perspective. Right. But also from maybe I need to give up some TV and mm-hmm. some movies. Maybe I need to give up some of my hobbies and some of the things that I really enjoy doing in my leisure time and then substitute it for a time of spiritual journey, mm-hmm. whether it's reading your Bible, uh, praying, worship, Praise music, worship. all those things. And even if you serving someone and, and I was getting ready to say, even if you don't claim to be a Christian or a, 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 a align yourself with that faith there's still a benefit to it from a spiritual perspective. Oh, yeah. uh, a, a lot of people will just define themselves as being spiritual, mm-hmm. you know, uh, awakening spirituality to where you still are going to benefit from some of the practices, you know, whether like you just described, helping someone else. Right. Um, Taking get, the focus off of serving you, ourselves and serving others. Right. And one of the reasons why that's in the book is because I I know personally that normally when we have a problem with our appetites, that's not something somebody else can fix. The only way you can get control, and that's one of the reasons why I don't agree when people say, oh, you need to eat five small meals a day. Only if you've never had a problem with food addiction and cereal dieting. For a person who struggled with food addiction and cereal dieting, you should only eat when you're hungry. Right. Or even people who are in in that context that you were just talking about. If you're meal prepping because you're training, like you mentioned earlier about training because you're into a ultra athletics or anything like that, then, yeah, you have to keep. But if you're a couch potato. Right. Or if you're sitting behind a desk or if you have a very sedentary lifestyle, right. we have to make sure that the amount of foods I was riding today with a friend and we were going out and we were talking about the land and how her grandparents ate, you know, what they ate and what they did. But our grandparents worked their farms, and worked the farms and, and they like worked fields and they grew everything and everything was natural and they still didn't eat it the way we do. They still did it. If they killed an animal to eat it it lasted them the whole year or oh, a long time and it yeah. lasts their whole family and right. so we have to stop using the excuse that my grandmother ate it as a way to say that we should still be doing it because unless you did what they do they do they were doing then we can't use the same regiment that they practice right. without the same amount of endurance and because exercise and like physical activity because they were probably getting up at Oh my the goodness. crack of dawn yes. and going out and working and farming or doing those types of things or going to work early. And so they had to have the energy to do those things for long periods of time. Right. So what we're talking about and to kind of go backwards a little bit about fasting, fasting is, is really an individual matter that you really have to really focus on and deal with. And it's a real humbling experience as well, because you'll be starting to see things about yourself and that's what it's really all about is the growth between you and your spiritual self and with your God and with God about the things that are it could be bondage yeah it could be sicknesses it could be things that you're being challenged with that can be a hindrance or a block for you so that's one of the things one of the benefits that fasting will bring to your life and bring to you 
And especially if you're, you know, like for me, like I said, I, I, I dieted my whole life. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, when people ask me, well, how did you do it? How did you lose weight? I always say prayer, fasting, and a plant-based lifestyle. Because even with eating a plant-based lifestyle, your appetites can still be out of control. You still can have a very unhealthy place in your heart for food. And so what fasting does is it helps you to realize that whether I eat animal products or whether I eat plant-based, I still have to eat. I still have to eat, be in subjection to God's plan and not my appetites. Right. So even when it comes to fasting, we talked about it during this episode about how it being a personal journey and a personal matter that you're doing. But fasting can also be about for other people. Yeah. Standing in the gap. Like you, know, you mentioned earlier that how Donna did that with you. Yeah. And I think that's something we really need to be aware of. You know, we constantly complain about what's going on in our society and in our culture and in the world around us. Well, a lot of times I remember talking to God about things that were going on and, and I'm like, well, well, what's, what's going on and why aren't you? And, and there's a song that talks about that. It's like he created us. Mm-hmm. The things that I see, I, why God, don't you do something, do about, something it? about it? And so the things, and I always say the things that bother you and get under your skin are the things that God created you to be the solution to. Right. So we should bring solutions to situations rather than just conversation about it. We should be talking to the Lord about it and we should be doing something about it. And I think that just like it's impossible to hate someone and pray for them. Fasting has a way of, like you said, it humbles you. It disconnects you from you know, and, and there is a time when you fast that you do find your, your emotions more heightened. And in the beginning, you do find yourself a little bit more irritable and frustrated and angry. It's just like a boiling water. Things start to come up to the surface. And once all everything is boiled out, then you begin to feel better and you feel energized. So it is a it's, it's a roller coaster. Fasting and, and is a roller coaster. And I'll give you a practical one for my own personal fasting journey is caffeine. I gave up coffee, mm-hmm. you know, because I would have to say I was addicted to coffee Yeah. to where it's like, even though it's a normal routine, it's a, addicted to the caffeine. Right. It's a normal routine to where you get up in the morning, you have your cup of coffee and you carry on with your normal routine. When you make a conscious effort and a conscious choice to abstain, right. which is what we're talking about from something so you can hear and mm-hmm. get more clarity. I think of it as a tool as mm-hmm. well, you know, fasting as a tool to where I want to hear what God has for me to do from a personal matter or even from people that I come across in a daily life that he makes me aware of. Just like you just said, he when you see things going on around you, he could be showing you that for a reason for right. you to be there, whether it sometimes it's going to be a hands on approach and sometimes right. it's going to be one to just, as you put it, stand in the gap and be there for a point of solution. Yeah, because it's so easy as humans to see. We talked about being an autobiographical listener. We can not only listen autobiographically, we could see things autobiographically where we see everything through the scope and through the lens of our eyes and our heart. And God is like, I need you to see things through my eyes. I need you to see things through my scope. And and to me, if I had to describe what fasting does, it's like one of the things on Audacity when we're adjusting everything. There's a um, one of the, doing the edits for the yeah, show. for the editing for the show. One of the um, fi- one of the uh, files so, says to 
amplify. Mm-hmm. I believe that when we fast, it amplifies our spiritual awareness. It amplifies our humility. It amplifies all the things that we need to be productive and to be able to overcome the our human nature and, and our society and our culture and our thoughts and our ideas and our views. And and to me, that's what fasting has has become a very valuable part of how I keep Renee in check because she can be a trip without all the tools that God has provided to keep us, you know, Romans 12 says, present yourself to God a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, which is our reasonable act of service. Well, fasting helps us to be able to die. Right. And so it's not just about this. It is the spiritual part of it. That's the most important part of it. But there are psychological benefits. There are emotional benefits. There's financial benefits. benefits. There's health benefits. And so even if you say, well, I don't believe in God and I don't believe in Jesus and I don't believe in this whole God thing. When you are going to have some labs done, your doctor tells you to fast. Right. You're still practicing it. Yeah. So there are certain things that we there's lots of things we don't agree on. But fasting is universal and it's been going on since biblical times. And every culture has some form of fasting for even for detoxification purposes. Mm-hmm. You know, after you fast for a while, about when everybody's doing this keto, well, when you fast after four days, your body is in ketosis. So the people who do are in keto, they didn't invent that. That is something that God created as a way to protect us and to heal our bodies. But it wasn't designed to be for, for it to be a state you stay in. Ketosis is something you're supposed to go through and not live in all the time. And that's kind of what fasting is help helps you to do, yeah. not live in a state of decay. Yes. And yes. which is really what it's really all about. Yeah. So as we've been talking about fasting, we can keep going, but... I know it goes by so fast. It does. The time does. It does. So is there anything you want to finish with for this week on this episode? Because we will not have an episode next week because it's the holiday. So we're going to take next week off and we'll be back that first week in December. I just wanted to say that at the end. So you... Go listen to one of the other episodes. Yeah, we have lots of We have 28 episodes, guys. That you can review. And thank you. Thank you for being a part of our community and for listening and for sharing. Um, if I had to say any one thing, I hope that this episode, this month of talking about freedom from food will serve you well and that you will be well equipped to sit at the table with maybe in, we have some other episodes about difficult family Mm -hmm. and conflict resolution. So we are hoping that this Thanksgiving is going to be different, that this Christmas is going to be different because you have the tools through the Rich Relationship Podcast to overcome life's Challenges. Challenges. And the the essence of the human experience is all designed for us to do it together and to have the tools we need and to have the support we need. And so I hope that this has helped you. I hope that you're wiser and that you will be stronger to overcome all the things that have controlled you in the past. And so I, I just hope that you will share this episode, share this, our podcast, and continue to be a part of our community so we can grow together. And because we're stronger together. Let's grow. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. We love you all. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your investment in time. Remember to subscribe to the show and hit the notification icon to be notified when new episodes are posted on the podcast platform that you're listening from. Or you can always find us on our website at richrelationshipsus.com 
for our YouTube channel, Rich Relationships with Gil Renee. If you found this podcast helpful or you think it could help someone that you know and care about, please pass it along and share it with them. And also, you can always send your questions and comments to richrelationships.us at gmail.com. This is a weekly podcast, and the new episodes are going to be posted on Monday by 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Remember, we're stronger together. Let's grow!